everywhere in the world people have um you know sunday night sunday night blues sunday afternoon there's this sort of pain there's this this ache in the in the in the in the pit of one's stomach like oh tomorrow i've got to go back again and do it again and i got to go to sleep early and oh it starts again tomorrow and and yeah it's definitely related to um social obligations uh and and also um you know the controlled nature of society but also we have we have a lot of the mind is very complex you know this mind 3d mind really is a troublemaker uh 3d mind itself is a troublemaker because to every desire um there really is an a, a kind of equal and opposite uh desire contradictory at some level in some way in the deep mind it may not be much of an issue for many desires but for many other desires or you know for some desires uh we really are more conflicted than we realize <clears throat> like i want to go to sl- i want to get a lot of sleep right sleep is lovely but i don't want to go to sleep at 11:30 or i don't want to go to sleep at 12:30 or 1 because i'm having a good time i'm not tired or i want to sleep long but i can't sleep long because i ha- i want to i mean you know i want to be in class or i want to go to work or i want to make money or i want to complete my school program so i've got to get up at a certain time and go there and all that <clears throat> and and many of these conflicts are irreconcilable actually even the, over the course of a lifetime you know meaning i i i would love to sleep 10 hours a night but i don't want to be going to sleep at 1 a.m. but I also don't want to go to sleep at 11:30 p.m., you know? <laughs> at 11:30 I don't want to go to sleep. But I don't really want to have my 10 hours start at 1 a.m. and of course I can't because I have things the next day. So I'd really want to stay up as long as possible and have it so that I then sleep 10 hours and then wake up at 7 a.m. But you know you'll find <clears throat> you'll find that I mean I found I mean I I haven't actually had to go to a 9 to 5 job in any serious way uh probably since 19 for 30 years and so in some ways i really retired young you know i retired at at age 35 <laughs> in a way <clears throat> by 1995 i'm 33 i basically was uh doing my own thing since from then on to now but even then the mind rebels um because even in the greater freedom of not having that or having enough money or being able to do what i like or having my own time being self-employed um there's still stuff one has to do you know and that's just or or i i have my own schedule and i work start work when i want um and i'm doing the work i really like <clears throat> but still i have this issue of you know living on a time on a timeline meaning uh life against the clock meaning uh, no i can't have a, a beautiful 9 hours sleep you know that that starts well before midnight if i want to stay up indefinitely around midnight <clears throat> that's just the time doesn't work that way i can't like stop time for 3 hours and uh and then uh, sleep at the right uh you know energy uh, condition uh and then get a certain number of hours of sleep and then wake up at a certain early time just can't be done so even even in improved conditions 
this is the nature of the 3D mind, and very much why Gautama called this Kama, Kama Loka, meaning the, the realm of um, unceasing desire. Because even when one has improved conditions, uh, <clears throat> desires arise fresh uh, for even more something or other, or some discontent arises, even with greater fulfillment or the achievement of many desires. Still further desires arise based on discontent. And so, that that's, I, I mean, I, I see that <clears throat> it's the very nature <clears throat> of the veiled mind in 3D space-time that in many ways um, is a continual problem maker. And it, it has great bearing <clears throat> on the overall quality of life we can have here. Uh, and it has also bearing on relationship, meaning... No matter how to, how suited, how well suited, or metaphysically matched, compatible in body, mind, spirit, two two people are, they're going to be um, regular dynamics of conflict and confusion and challenge. And that ain't heaven, that ain't six density fusion. So, there's some real challenges here that <clears throat> that um, are very subtle. You know, it, it's the very complex difficult mind we use or we we have that is what we rely upon even to discover the nature of the problems so the problematic mind is the only way we have to even uh, confront and work with the problematic mind <laughs> you know <clears throat> the healer trying to heal himself is a wounded healer inevitably so the wounded mind or the complex, um, veiled, and um, kind of uh, ever, ever, uns ever unsettled or restless mind is the only mind we have with which we can even identify the problem and then make make improvement. <laughs> and so, the only solution, of course, is is a complete, and perfect awakening, or uh, spiritual, you know, serious spiritual development. The thing is that that is simply the, the true nature of this 3D veiled mind. That ever discontent. I mean, uh, I, I don't think that... I mean, you, you, you'd be hard-pressed to find uh, an advanced Buddhist teacher who does a long exposition on why this is called Kamaloka. Uh, while higher dimensions or higher realms... <clears throat> are characterized by the nature of the dimensionality itself, like Rupa Loka, Arupa Loka, meaning fourth and what I would call fourth and fifth density versus sixth and seventh density. Rupa, R-U-P-A, Rupa Loka, meaning form realm, six and seven as Arupa, formless realm, like unity. And those realms, <clears throat> those two Loka of uh, the three uh, that constitute uh, which is an equivalent to the Buddhist, uh, you know, is, is the Buddhist three realms, Kamaloka, Rupa, Lopa, Arupa, which uh, corresponds perfectly, in my sense, to the raw material seven-dimensional model. Uh, while the two higher, Rupa and Arupa, are labeled by the nature of the realm itself, form formless, Rupa, Arupa. Why? Because the primary experience there is um, persistence, of um, of of uh, of experience, experiential stability, and then in in rupa loka, 
And then in 7 or 6 and 7 or Arupa Loka, you have uh, the formlessness or the um, non-differentiated nature of experience. So there's uh, persistence or stable, persistent spiritual experience or beingness experience in Rupa Loka. And then there is formless or non-differentiated, non-dual experience in 6 and 7 density, which is way beyond what we're experiencing now. Those two levels of being are characterized by the nature of the dimensionality, the realm, being persistent and stable rupa form, or being non-differentiated or formless arupa. Here it's characterized by the quality of, of the human mind, being kama loka, kama being desire, being endless desiring, being restless and discontent ever, continually. And, and continual arising of fresh desire, which really means fresh grasping and aversion, <laughs> which comes from fresh uh, ignorance or not knowing um, uh, the, uh, ultimately the, uns- the un- dissatisfactory nature of, desire, uh, of the cycle of desire. Grasping and aversion <laughs> leading to suffering or leading to some kind of stress uh, not known, so we keep wanting. That's the nature of this dimension. Yeah, well, I think we've got, you know, there's a double whammy here, um, a double punch um, that we're dealing with. One is the 3D veiled mind. Two is the human matrix of lies and illusions by service-to-self leadership. Okay? So, first of all, we're working with a veiled mind, which is problematic, which is... um, intrinsically, essentially problematic. Number two, we're working within a social complex that has been perverted dis- perverted and disordered and damaged and um, harmed <clears throat> for several millennia. Basically, I would say 15,000 years <laughs> since the, the end date, the end times of Atlantis, uh, with a bunch of souls who screwed up on many other planets as well and um, a global civilization uh, whose social structure in every single country, in every single little group even, um, uh, is such that negatively oriented souls rise to the top of leadership positions in each society. I mean, you have that, I mean, you you have that in indigenous groups too, right? I mean, the... the, uh, <clears throat> every every uh, tribal group around the world um, generally would be led by uh, the strongest warrior or a shaman or something like that. Uh, how many of those guys really are heart, you know, love wisdom based? I don't know, but I wouldn't imagine all of them. I would imagine very few of them, depending on how they got to positions of power. So... So we've got this troublesome, problema- intrinsically problematic mind. Uh, plus, we've got a weak body, meaning even if you're uh, in a high oxygen environment and the planet is so healthy, what, uh, 8,000 years ago or 20,000 years ago, is still the human body is, is frail. It was meant to be that way, actually. And then, so you have a frail, uh, a logoically intended weak body, you've got a logoically intended, veiled, complex, uh, somewhat inscrutable mind, 
the 3D space-time veiled mind. Then you've got a you you've got the persistent um, effects <clears throat> and real life uh, dynamics associated with social structures whose unquestioned assumptions lead to global structures society socially where negatively oriented selfish greedy <laughs> un non-loving uh, beings rise to the top of power surrounded by other beings who also are without much love or wisdom or the you know positive use of wisdom uh, leading all societies globally today and for the last 15,000 years more or less so <laughs> within such a situation what do you what kind of joy do you expect <laughs> what kind of clarity and well-being do you expect as a default there's not much the default is dukkha uh, and so to get from dukkha to sukha or happiness uh, <clears throat> takes great work and that's why I think that it, I think that it's in Lao Tzu um, the Taoist who said something like outside of the way the Tao very few find happiness so outside Tao very few live in Sukha very very true profound so outside of a spiritual perspective on life very few are in real happiness yep that's how I totally agree. So, so there you go. <laughs> so we shouldn't expect heaven on earth. We should expect earth on earth. But Ross said it's an adequate heaven and a more than adequate hell. So it's a adequately heavenly. Um, but it isn't heaven, or it isn't higher astral. It isn't you know persistent and stable metaphysical dynamics like Rupa Loka, fourth density, fifth density. Uh, so it's uh, it's more limited, e essentially, than people realize, uh, and that's and and the only way to to happiness um, is is uh, to live in accord with spiritual principles. That's it, and then continue doing the work of uh, higher transformation, basically green, blue, indigo. Right. Well, I think. I think so much depends on what time one goes to sleep. And what time one goes to sleep, so much depends on um, one's life conditions. Uh, partner, not partner. Good partnership, not good partnership. Uh, solitude, uh, comfortable or not. Uh, mind, agitated or more well. Uh, home environment or quietude in the environment where one would be living or sleeping. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's so much healthier to go to sleep early. And uh, it's, I think that you're, you become a morning person because you become, because your life is such that you're just fine going to sleep earlier. <laughs> that's why you're, I would say that's a significant reason why you're a morning person. You're a morning person because you are, your life is such that you're very comfortable going to sleep at, at when you do. And your body, like most, simply don't need to be getting up at uh, 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. when you go to sleep so early. And then you have a nice partner and you have all sorts of other things that you like there. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think it's it's very much associated with when one sleeps or the life conditions 
one has made for oneself or one has that are either supportive or challenging that uh, are that are influenced the, the 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 time of going to bed actually and um i think it's so healthy i mean it's an interesting thing as we get older we very much um return in many ways full circle where um the life conditions in the last 10 or 10 years of life are very similar to the life conditions in the first 10 years. Uh, people go to, I mean, what time do, do children go to sleep, right? They go to sleep at eight or nine. <laughs> and so <clears throat> it, it's, you know, going to sleep so early. Uh, I have, I have a lot of respect for that. I don't know if I could ever do it, but I think it's, it's so right, <laughs> but it's also similar to being uh, eight years old. <laughs> when the parents say, okay, it's 8.30, time to go to sleep. <clears throat> and you say, sure, fine, whatever. And uh, and then you get older and think, wow, I can stay up late. Oh, yeah. And then you find this and you find that and you find a million interesting things or fun things. And uh, that changes. So uh, uh, the last portion of life, similar to the first portion of life, many patterns are resumed or returned to naturally that were um, of the first 10 years of life. Um, yeah, I think that, that it's, it's natural and it's ultimately right and good that, that this is the case, that the, the last portion of life um, resonates with or recapitulates or has great uh, similarity in, in behavior or patterns um, to the first part of life, the first decade. And I think that there's a deeper metaphysics there, which is that the soul is preparing to leave. And it's important to progressively become disinterested in this world. And mm -hmm. so going to sleep early uh, is, is a statement of detachment from materiality or 3D phenomena. Uh, and the the the, the child, uh, you know, in the first decade of life, has a growing attachment to this dimension, and the elderly person in the last decade or decades of life has a, a decreasing attachment to this dimension. Um, and the mind that is very comfortable going to sleep early is increasingly comfortable to leave this dimension at death meaning it's a preparation for dying. Going to sleep early as an older person <laughs> is preparing to die, meaning deep levels of the mind are developing vairagya, disinterest, aversion, dispassion for continued desiring attachments to 3D physical. And thus, <clears throat> it's okay to let go. And it's very similar to sleep even, just the phenomenon of sleep, regardless of time, which is a letting go of the attachment to um, anchored consciousness in physical in physicality. So some people have a hard time going to sleep, or when we have a hard time going to sleep, <clears throat> um, it's generally because of over attachment to phenomenon or experience in three D physical. Maybe there's a big problem. Maybe there's something else, or people are worried, or whatever. But uh, <clears throat> going to sleep is the microcosm uh, of going to sleep early, which is, I think, symbolic and 
and uh, a physical manifestation of the metaphysical development of dispassion, detachment, disinterest in continued uh, presence in 3D physicality. They're all related, in my view. <clears throat> and so the person who happily goes to sleep at 8.30 when they have nothing to do next day, how about that, um, can be a very well person <laughs> in this dimension. <clears throat> happy to stay, happy to leave. And um, not grasping, as must, you know, many of us uh, late, late night folks are. Grasping like, oh, I want more happiness, pleasure, interest, something, uh, phenomenon, stimulation, uh, learning, material, something, engagement with 3D space-time physicality. I don't want to sleep. Which has a certain fun and pleasure to it, too, of course. But uh, <clears throat> it's, it's against the flow. <laughs> of uh, aging and preparing to get out of here and needing to really break to, to, to develop disinterest and dispassion meaning lack of passion lack of interest well that's the thing I mean there, there is a kind of <clears throat> I would think a kind of burning happiness in this world <laughs> it's not um, the happiness of ah it's the happiness of, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> in this world associated with simply grasping at 3D phenomena. There's some boil-down distillation, in my mind, uh, to the nature of happiness, sukha, sukha in 3D physical. It's very unstable. And Gautama called uh, life in samsara as a whole, uh, akin, made it analogous to living in a burning house where the house is burning down all around you things are all subject to decay and change and um, cessation including um, mind states of happiness upon achieved desire uh, and so but, the, but there is a certain kind of um, pained happiness <laughs> to me all happiness in 3D is pained P-A-I-N-E-D meaning that there's a certain edge of suffering to the happiness of grasping at the impermanent and the empty. Grasping, you know, seeking happiness in that which is anatta anicca, anicca anatta, meaning impermanent, always changing, completely unstable. And anatta, selfless or empty, insubstantial and, and ultimately non-abiding or nothing there, nothing substantial there even, that we can perceive first as changing. Uh, what is changing? Well, changing is changing too, you know. And so everything that we're grasping and basically the states of mind of happiness upon grasping, which is the four worldly winds of happiness, which is, you know, gain and pleasure, material gain and physical sensual pleasure and praise and honor. Those are totally anichanata um, and there is a happiness to them. Yeah, there's happiness to sensual pleasure in body, happiness to material gain or material wealth abundance. There's happiness to praise and being liked and admired and, and you know, respected. And there's happiness to honor and being well appreciated widely. And it's all anichanata, <clears throat> which means it's all in the process of ever decay and de disintegration. Those mind states that come from those four worldly pleasures or worldly, you know, winds of happiness. 
Um, and that's a kind of pained pleasure, grasping at those. And, and the only unpained pleasure is basically jhana <laughs> uh, and uh, awakening or dwelling purely in love wisdom and <clears throat> uh, staying up late is basically grasping at those pained pleasures and uh, going to sleep early at a deep level I think comes from the mind I mean it can or over time when it's voluntary come from not always but can come from the mind that acknowledges um, this too shall pass and um, it's better to let go than to grasp. The, the, the greater happiness is in detachment than in attachment, actually. And that's, um, that's a big change. That's very much associated with spiritual intention, intentionality or, or the deep mind intention that powers spiritual development, inner development, rather than uh, grasping at the at outer or um, anicca anatta phenomena. So, even the little matter of when we sleep or can we go to sleep early and this and that and how are we late at night and all that is very much about, is a microcosm of how we are in this incarnation in terms of uh, grasping versus detachment, seems to me. And in a microcosm, again, that uh, plays out in conflict regarding uh, the choice to do meditation at any one time, any one day, any one experience, will I uh, continue grasping or will I uh, throw my will towards detachment and go off and do meditation, for even for half hour or an hour? Um, Gautama called the spiritual path akin, he said it was akin to swimming upstream. And the, the default stream of mind is absolutely grasping. It's grasping aversion and ignorance. The three poisons are the default um, uh, attachment form. <laughs> the form of attachment, the form of the direction of will. The, the default direction of will is grasping aversion and ignorance, or grasping an aversion coming out of ignorance, or attachment, which is called clinging, upadana, which comes from thirst, or tanna, or a basic sense of dissatisfactoriness, that is determined to be fulfilled or quenched only by further material attachment. Material, including mind, states. Meaning, uh, I want to read this because I'm happy. I want to listen to yet another interview on YouTube just because I feel happiness. That's grasping at mind states. Tettle, totally. And an aversion to letting go of the continued grasping at mind states. That letting go or detachment <clears throat> is the basis for saying, okay, I'll go to sleep early, or okay, I'm happy to go to sleep early, or I'm happy to go do meditation, and um, uh, realize that um, the, the pleasure uh, of, of even mind states is empty, impermanent, insubstantial, fleeting, and and very um, point very mixed a very mixed bag you know there's pleasure pain in um, in in grasping at the uh, impermanent insubstantial because <laughs> that's all we're doing that's what everybody's doing all the time when they're when they're uh, engaged in this world uh, seeking pleasure or gain or honor or praise. 
but even us or anyone seeking to learn more, this is grasping at mind states of happiness associated with increased information or understanding, which is good and important, but it's burning house. Everything that's a nichanata is a burning house. And this is a very, this kind of reflection or, or contemplation is critical on the path. It's like me when I came to the lunch at the Zendo and the mind was so quiet that I realized that the food didn't taste good unless I was thinking about it. <laughs> the, food had, the food had no taste unless I was thinking about taste and, and gaining pleasure. And then I was really bummed out because I realized that, you know, even this too is empty. It has no taste other than my imposition of, of fashioning of experience by, <clears throat> you know, um, anticipation and uh, continued thinking about it. Ooh, yummy, yummy, oh, so delicious, I'm so happy I'm here, oh, that's great, oh, wow, wow. Without that, it's tasteless. <laughs> that, that's a strange experience. Not many people would know what that is. Uh, but, uh, you know, when we talked about, see, nice noise starts, talking about <clears throat> um, the sequence from Sheila or virtue morality, which includes a lot of restraint, restraint of body and speech particularly, from that, uh, you know, Sheila to Samadhi to Prajna, uh, from that concentration to awakening and insight, uh, the, <clears throat> the sequence uh, at the end is actually um, increasingly <clears throat> seeing reality as it is, leading to increasing detachment, dispassion, dispassion, disinterest, detachment, natural detachment, and dispassion and disinterest that comes naturally by uh, further seeing what is, which is anicca <laughs> and dukkha. Therefore, more seeing that the 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 intrinsic kind of essential limitations of happiness in this world, in this body, with this mind. Seeing that truly, naturally cuts roots of attachment, naturally leads to increased dispassion, disinterest, naturally leads to greater release. And that's that's the, the kind of the triad at the end that I talked about before, I think in the, from virtue to release in that talk, that basically... Uh, after virtue is pretty well established and one naturally is not hurting other and self much, uh, mind is more peaceful, there is a sort of happiness and stability of one's mind as is. Naturally then one sees reality as is more, which is basically the, you know, the, the very limited happiness joy that comes from grasping and the troubles that come from aversion. And increasingly that seeing reality as is, seeing things as they are, uh, leads naturally to increased attachment, dispassion, disinterest, lack of interest. And that naturally leads to increasing release until the final release. And um, please take good care of yourselves. Thanks again. See you next time. And good night.